Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola, my good friends. Cinco de mayos on Tuesday. And I hoped we'd see each other again. Hello, everybody. It is me, Michael D. Catherwood. Welcome to Mikey Likes You. Hands down. No ifs, ands, or buts, not open for debate. The greatest fitness, wellness podcast on the planet Earth. Let's dive right into things. Welcoming back to the show is the man, Bobby Maximus. If you are a frequent listener to the show, if you follow me at Mike Catherwood and at Mike Catherwood, uh, excuse me, and at Mikey Likes You One, the number one, at Mikey Likes You One, or at Mike Catherwood. You know, you know, I've been doing the 12-week program from a book called The Maximus Body, and the author is Bobby Maximus. We did a check-in already with the author on how I was doing, and this is check-in number two because I am halfway done. I'm at the six-week point, and uh, we welcome back Mr. Maximus so we can discuss all things Maximus Body But first, the wait is finally over. Football's back, people. You might not be at the game this year. In fact, I can guarantee you're not. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I am super excited to have football back. Uh, And one of the things that's going to keep me interested, you know, is placing some bets having a little fun with the stuff, getting my money and bu- getting my money involved, you know, having some stakes in it. And Bet Online not only has all the action for you when it comes to the NFL, it has amazing prop bets. Head on over to betonline.ag and check it out. Game spreads, totals, um, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options. More options to wager than any place online, guaranteed. And there is always the online casino as well. Let me tell you something. That thing never closes. Head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, from bobbymaximus.com and at bobbymaximus, welcome Bobby Maximus. Big applause from all the listeners, I guarantee it, because I have gotten the DMs, I've gotten the tweets, I've gotten the messages. Everybody is very excited to welcome back the man himself, Bobby Maximus, live and direct from Salt Lake City, Utah. How are you, sir? Good. How the hell are you? I'm actually doing really well, Um, and uh, I am halfway through the 12-week Maximus Body program. Uh, I'm on day, day two of week six. And uh, I'm I'm truly loving it. I, I really am. And I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. And I'm not just saying that as, for some promotion. Um, I, I have loved every aspect of it. I've loved how truly difficult it is, how challenging it is, but also at the same time, how um, gratifying it's been. 
Yeah, I was actually, I was thinking you were going somewhere else. I was going to say how easy it is. One of the, one of the nice things about being on a program, I'll be the first to tell you, it's not that special. It's not unique. There's not some secret sauce in there that gets people magically fit. It's just really nice to open a book and pick a workout and go. Uh Like when you have to eliminate all that bandwidth and just focus on the hard work, it actually makes it kind of easy in a way. Uh, that's absolutely true. And, um, you know, I was speaking specifically of like the X's and O's of doing it, you know, like getting those, getting those two workouts a day in and some of them, um, actually a lot of them being much more kind of, um, aerobic based, which is definitely my weak spot. Um, it's been, it's been a struggle and it's been difficult, but as far as like removing all of the unnecessary bandwidth that I have to spend on thinking about my training and thinking about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. Um, that has been so, so great. And it's also, I think definitely opened up so many doors for me to continue doing the training, getting those training, uh, sessions in twice a day, because I don't spend any amount of time worrying about my training. I know exactly what I have to do and when I have to do it. So that, that has been fantastic. You know, it's it's actually interesting to talk about this because one of the things I wanted to talk to you about psychologically that I want you to start developing mm-hmm. is learning to love training. Yeah, It's probably the most important part of the whole program because if you don't love it, you're not going to do it anymore. Right. And I've come to a point in my life, I used to call people lazy, but I think that's really judgmental. And I think it's unfair to put that on people. I used to tell people that they just didn't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. but now I'm trying to tell you how you feel and that can be equally as judgmental. I think what it comes down to for me now with everybody is whether or not you value it in your life. And then part B to that is whether or not you enjoy it. Right. Those two things can kind of go hand in hand. And here's the deal. If you value it, you'll find a way to do it. Mm -hmm. If it's important to you, you'll find a way to do it. That's, That's true in many aspects of life. But it doesn't mean it's going to be easy because you can value something, but have a hard time doing it. You just do it because you know it's important. Absolutely. And and, and there's no rhyme or reason to what you value and what you don't. Yep. Um, And I I really do think that it's important, you know, that you did point out that it's not a lack of willpower. It's not a lack of uh, work ethic. Um, I'll use my father as an example. My father, um, for, for 50 years worked his fingers to the bone and he was he had uh, numerous degrees he served at very very high levels of clearance the united states military worked at the pentagon for a couple you know close to two decades and then transferred into the private sector and was just crazy crazy um accomplished but he's overweight and does not like to even get winded like going upstairs he hates he, he would rather sit on his ass than do anything else in the world and I can't say that my father's lazy. He just doesn't value physical fitness or health, you know? No. And then the second part of that is, so you can value something, but not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But if I can teach you to enjoy it, you'll own it for life. Because if you you enjoy it. What do you think the transition is then? What do do you think the transition is to, to make someone enjoy something that they don't necessarily immediately do? So I think there are ways to enjoy things. Mm -hmm. I think traditionally, the way exercise has been introduced into our lives has been in a a very negative way. I'm actually, as a father with young kids, 
trying to incorporate the exercise as play attitude and the exercise is fun attitude versus this is something you have to do. Mm-hmm. So think about think about when we were younger, because we're in the same kind of age demographic. I think we're exactly the same age, yeah. Yeah. Exercise was a chore. It was a labor. It was something you shouldn't want to do. It was something that you had to do. Right. And then all the things that go along with it, rather than living a lifestyle, you were on a diet. Rather than you know, just being active, you were on a program and we've been just inundated with it's new years. You have to get fit or the summer's coming. You have to get fit. When have you ever heard it phrased? You get to go work out or you get to get fit. It's Mm -hmm. always, I have to, I have to, I have to. And it's a chore across the board. And when you ask people, especially of our demographic what's exercise look like with a personal trainer? It's like some guy in army fatigues yelling at you. Right. Like it's never sold as fun. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, where newer age fitness, uh, I think companies have killed it. Soul cycle made exercise fun. Orange theory made exercise fun. You go, you have your friends. There's an attractive instructor. There's good music it's accessible. If you can make it fun or enjoyable, people will do it. So I think that everyone can enjoy exercise. You just have to sell it to them in uh, a language that they can they can take in the language of enjoyment. So right. what, what I mean by that is if you don't like working out with weights and you like doing no gear stuff, do no gear all the time. Right. If you like going to the gym, I don't know, go to the gym all the time. Like It doesn't have to be a set prescription. And that's why in the book, there's so many different choices of what you can do because yeah, you should yeah. be able to find something that you wholeheartedly enjoy. Cause if you hate it, you're going to quit. I promise you. I, I think um, that's great advice. And I, I definitely agree wholeheartedly. I'd love to get your opinion though, on trying to continually find things that make it fun, make it enjoyable, make you love it. But at the same time, not neglecting the things that you don't like to do that you probably should really like to do. For you know, for instance, in this program, I have really buckled down and forced myself to get better uh, anaerobically, get better in my long distance aerobic stuff. I, I, I've had to do it. I've I've had to do this for years, but I prefer to deadlift, so I continue to deadlift, and you know what I'm saying, and and I avoid those things, but. Um, I've, I have learned to love running. I have learned to love the rower, but it wasn't naturally something that I like to do. I continually chose the things that I automatically loved, you know, like, how do you make that kind of oh, rhyme or reason? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's different ways to go about cardiovascular conditioning. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make some assumptions about you. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I really feel that your only goal in life is to look good naked. It was, it was. I mean, I was I was a competitive bodybuilder when I was 25. Yeah. Well, let me let me actually back up with that. Okay. Here, here's because it's kind of an inside joke that I want to explain to people. Okay. If you're not getting paid for your body, yeah, you're just trying to look good naked. Like sure. okay. you're you're not my 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 point is by saying that you're trying to look better, you're trying to feel better, maybe you're trying to be a better husband, maybe a better dad, maybe better at your job, maybe you know, accomplish some personal goals that mean something to you, but really 
they don't mean shit to other people. Last time I checked, you weren't in the NFL. No. You weren't in the NBA. You're not Michael Phelps trying to win some aquatic gold medal. You're not Usain Bolt trying to run. You're just a normal guy that's working out, not because you have to, because you want to. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I boil that down in my language to, okay, you're just trying to look good naked. Like, let's just call it what it is in its simplest form. You're just trying to be kind of fit. Mm -hmm. Okay. When that's the case, you have less restrictions placed on you for your program because you don't have to do certain things. So if you're Michael Phelps trying to win an Olympic gold, you have to swim 20 to 40,000 yards a day. If you don't like doing that, you will not win an Olympic gold. If you're trying to win an Olympic marathon, you have to run, I don't know, 120 to 140 miles a week. Like part of my, part of my language, but fuck my life. Yeah. I don't want to go for a five hour run. You've got no choice. You have to do that work you put in a very narrow funnel, if you right. will. But for you, you just need some level of cardiovascular fitness. So we've got choices now. We can do long and slow cardiovascular stuff. So maybe you like putting on your sneakers and going through a two hour run. Great. You, you have that choice. Maybe you hate that. Guess what? You could do intervals. Yeah, which might be a lot more palatable to you. You can do circuit training that gets your heart rate up. So you can, what people joke about is lift weights faster. Right. So you can, you can go lift some weights fast. And if your heart's beating really fast, you can get a cardiovascular benefit from that. You can combine weights and cardio. So my, my point by telling you that is you're not stuck for an hour on a treadmill. If that's your nightmare, go do some intervals and you can find a way to develop good cardiovascular fitness without having to do the thing you hate. Yeah. I, I do think that that's like a, a, a great thing to bring up is that like 99% of the people that are listening to this, that's going to be their main goal, right? Is to, to look good naked, you know? Yeah. But they have choices. That's the thing. You're not stuck. If you hate what you're doing, my big point to this is find something you love. Yeah. So here's, here's another example. You ever been on a skiered? Oh, yeah. Okay. You've been on a rower. Oh, yeah. You've ran. I have. Is there any reason that Mike Catherwood has to be on a skiered? No. No, you could do it on the rower or running. So if you hate the skiered, don't be on it. Do you understand what I mean? You've sure. got other things that you you can choose. So you go to your gym, you roll into the, 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 the fancy ass Equinox or whatever, and they got a skier, they got a rower, they got a Versa climber, they got a step mill, they got an elliptical trainer. I don't know. Pick what you want. Now, if you're an Olympic rower, man, I'm sorry. You better hope you love the rower. Right. Because you got to row at that point. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. So now yeah. you've got different workout structures and you're not limited by equipment. So you can pick something you want to do. That's been huge, especially here in California. You know, the lockdown has really um, kind of prevented me from having a wealth of options with what I can and can't do. Um, and yep. the program giving me that liberty to find something that fits um, and, and, and kind of yep. having a menu 
has been huge because like I, at this point right now, I can't row. I, I have no access to a rower. I have no access to, um, you know, a lot of cardio equipment because I can't go to a gym, you know? So it's been, it's been huge that I can, you know, work in with like uh skipping rope and, and running and, and all these things that I can do yeah. anywhere. Well, shit. I mean, even with my program, it wasn't invented when my program was, was up and running, but Peloton. Yeah. That's another great option. If you have one in your house, I actually know a girl named Jennifer Jacobs. She kills it on the Peloton. She's an instructor. She does like eighties based workouts. So if you're our age and, and you like your, your Duran Duran, your pet shop boys, your, your cutting crew, your guns and roses, your death leopard, your, I mean, that whole genre of, of eighties music, man, you get a, you get a, a really good playlist with a really captivating, uh, good-looking, uh, energetic instructor. You get a leaderboard so you can feel like you're competing. Right. You get to, like, interact with other people live. No wonder people are addicted to the Peloton. They love it. Not because it's good exercise, because it's fun. Right. So I, you could pick a Peloton. Like, and you'd be totally fine inside your house. I really do enjoy training, um, whether it be pushing myself with intervals or, or, or lifting weights. I mean, I, I, I do, I, it's something that is, uh, truly enjoyable for me. It's therapeutic. Um, and because I've gotten to the point in my last, in the last decade or so where I've really gotten sincerely committed to, um, combat sports, I asked this question for other people like me who are maybe listening if you are involved in a competitive sport, how, how do you balance the strength and conditioning aspect to skill work? Because oh, if, if I'm confronted with something, you know, I, I, I should probably be hitting pads more than I'm, than I'm lifting weights or, or running. But at the same time, I can't, I can't avoid one or the other, you know, like how do you balance sports specific strength and conditioning and the actual skill work? Man. So I'm going to, answer this by telling you a personal story of failure mm-hmm. from me. When I was fighting in the UFC, I mean, I didn't have a stellar career. It's pretty impressive to make the UFC. I mean, statistically, I'm one of the greatest fighters to ever live just making the UFC, right. but I didn't have a good UFC career. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. won a couple, lost a couple. Uh, I wasn't a world champion. The main thing that held me back was I was too invested in strength and conditioning. So you're going to be my coach. I used to train 10 times a week. Five times was fight technique. Five times was strength and conditioning. You follow me? Mm -hmm. In my career, I never, ever, ever lost a fight because of strength and conditioning. I was always one of the most fit people in the UFC. But I had a first round loss by submission because of bad technique. A first round loss by submission because of bad technique. I got knocked out in the first round because my technique wasn't as sharp as it could have been. I lost to another guy who was just a better fighter. So all of my losses were technical based. Like I needed to be a better fighter. None of them were strength and conditioning. So how should I rearrange those 10 workouts? Probably like eight to two uh, skill to strength and conditioning. There you go. There's the magic answer. Yeah. And in the gym doing strength and conditioning once or twice, maybe even zero. 
Because here's the reality. If I go in for a two-hour wrestling practice, am I working on my fitness? Absolutely. Yes. It's not like it's not like fighting's not hard. If you mm-hmm. and I do a hard pad session, am I working on my fitness? Yeah, I, I probably should have just quit weights. I probably just should have quit weights at that point and just done fighting. Because yeah. at the end of the day, a fight's not about lifting weights, it's about fighting. Right. So my my point to telling people that story is people can get obsessed with the strength and conditioning when it's a small part of the sport you play. If, if sports were all about strength and conditioning, I could be in the NFL. I could be in the NBA. I could be back in the UFC, but it's not all about strength and conditioning. It's right. about playing your sport. So if you have a passing hobby or a passing interest in combatives do what you want do what you enjoy it doesn't matter that much if you want to be competitive you need to like go all in right to the combatives and working out becomes a maintenance type of thing sure okay that's i mean that's that's an incredibly thoughtful answer and it's, i'm glad that you were able to kind of pull from personal experience that was actually what i was hoping for because i i get so many uh dms and questions from, you know, guys that are like high level purple belts, competitive jujitsu grapplers and things and you know, high school athletes and things like that. And they're like, you know, I'm doing my 10 by 10 program. I want to get bigger. And I was like, I, yeah, but that's, that's great. Good for you. But how is that? Is that gonna, is, is there a law of diminishing returns when it's like, you're not working on your wrestling or your football or your. Maybe, maybe put the extra effort into watching videotape. Yeah. Maybe put the extra effort into shooting. Maybe put the extra effort into practice. Maybe put the extra effort into uh, even recovery so you can go play your sport harder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm 41, uh, like you, and I I probably encounter aches and pains and fatigue like everyone because I have a, I have a family like you do. I have a, a career that I care about. How does one – how do I separate – being a bitch or being, being a wimp from being someone who's uh, being dumb and not, not listening to their body. Oh, that's a real hard one to answer because I think, I think a lot of people uh, look for excuses to give up. Mm -hmm. I'm overtrained. My knee hurts. My shoulder hurts. It doesn't hurt at all. They're perfectly fine. Right. I don't think that's the case with you. So I don't know how you psychologically separate it, but the single biggest thing for you is to show up twice a day, every day, if you want to make real progress. So if it's preventing you from doing that, then you have to address that injury and you have to fix it. Okay. If you can still show up, you show up. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so in that regard, you blow your shoulder tomorrow, right? You, you, you fall down the stairs and uh, you hurt your shoulder and you can't do pushups, you can't do bench press. Do you go to the gym or not? Probably not. No, you do because you can work your fucking legs. Okay. All right. That's a good way of looking at it. Right? Like if it hurts a bit, do something else. Yeah. Again, it's not that specific that you have to do bench press on Monday. 
Now, I understand to people listening out there that Monday is International Chess Day, that everyone bench presses on Monday, that it's a thing, that it's how you start your week. I get it. But can you squat? Right. Absolutely. So you can still go to the gym. Yeah. So that's kind of my answer. Like, like if, if something hurts, work something else. Do something that doesn't hurt. I promise you, you can find something you can do that doesn't hurt. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you're totally right. I mean, it, 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 there's, there's, there's that excuse of like, this hurts, so I'm not going to do it. But then there's also, I mean, I would imagine times, and unless, you know, you're, you're really committed to your, your sleep recovery, your nutrition, all that stuff, there's going to be times when your body maybe isn't, maybe it's not the best thing to be training. I mean, do you, do you ever encounter that? Or is that just another one of those excuses I tell myself? Another excuse. Can you walk? Can you go for an easy swim? Can you go do some rest restorative yoga? Yes. You can always be active. So let's, let's actually change our terminology. Don't look at work. Don't look at as, as, as workouts, as training sessions, just classify them all under being active. So if you're broken today and you're sore and you're having a hard time, I promise you a 30 to 60 minute swim would make you feel better. Yeah, that's a good point. Go for a swim. By the way, what if you swam every day for a year? That's like 365 hours of swimming. Holy shit. That's a lot of exercise. That's like half a mile of swimming for me. 365. Yeah. yeah, You're going to, you're going to get better. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, so, Mike, that was Michael Phelps quote, greatest quote. I, I'll never forget. He said the greatest swimmers are always in the pool, you know, and I apply that yeah. to so many different things. It's like, I, I, I make so many excuses. Like I can, I can sneak in a little Netflix here. I can sneak. And it's like, no, really, if I want to be great, I got to do it a lot. Yeah. So, so my thing would be, if you are hurting, go for a walk, go for some easy cardio. It can really help. And by the way, that's an important part of overall fitness. You got to do low grade cardio. You got to do super fast, hard cardio. You got to lift heavy weights. You got to lift light weights. You can't do all the things. So yeah. on a day that you're sore, tired, move. Don't sit at home. Make it part imagine, of your lifestyle. What can you do today to get better? I would imagine um, with your personality and and with the, the kind of the ethos that you put out there, and also with the type of clientele that you draw, um, you don't often encounter a lot of people who have a hard time pushing themselves. But do you encounter someone like I, I will use myself as an example is that I, I have no problem. If you wrote it in the program, I'm going to do it. I'll figure out a way and I'll push myself and I'll try to get better. But I have a real problem committing to be, and being as disciplined as I need to be with sleep, with foam rolling, with. Yep. Um, it, it, do, do you find that to be a problem? And then what do you think is like the best remedy? Yeah, buddy. The baby mom on the drum and now. I'm about to tell you the synopsis of what he's watching. Oh yeah. So he he has discovered the greatest movie of all time, one of them, The Gremlins. Oh yeah. Great film. And he just he just told me in his language that Gizmo got wet and all these other gremlins are coming out of Gizmo's back. (laughs) he's quite he's quite excited by this so anyway sorry um i do all my work at 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 home with my kids but the the deal 
with it is, is I actually don't push people the way you would think. Okay. I just have a root expectation that people's talk is consistent with their actions. So if you want to call me up on the phone, Mike, in 10 minutes of my day, and you want to tell me how bad you want it, you want to tell me you're the most committed motherfucker on the planet. You want to tell me you're willing to sell your soul to the devil and bleed for your goal. Then I expect you to behave like that. You understand what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I expect you to get, I expect you to get 10 hours sleep a night. I expect you to be on the foam roller. I expect you to be doing doing a tens unit. I expect you to be, and I don't want to hear your excuses about why you're not, because you told me you wanted it better than worse, more more than anyone else on the planet. Right. If you, on the other hand, tell me that you just like hanging out at the gym and you want to come three times a week and just try your best, I'm totally cool with that too. And then I don't expect you to do all those other things. It's hard to be honest with yourself with stuff like that sometimes, you know, but uh, you're totally, and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You know who I can't stand the fittest person on the planet who just sits around and says, I'm not fit enough. I'm fat. I need to get better. I need to improve. But then is sitting on a couch saying this stuff, get get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah. On the other hand, you know who I respect? The person who's 30 pounds overweight that says, I don't give a shit. I'd rather watch Netflix. I'm good. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I tried to, to explain that to my wife the other day. We were at the beach and um, there was this guy in in like a European Speedo and he was 150 pounds overweight. I mean, just and but walking like he was built like you. I mean, just strutting. And I said, I, him. I admire him so much more than the guy who's going to come down looking like an underwear model because that's just a complete acceptance of what he likes, his lifestyle, and, and who he yeah. is as a person. Yeah, just just enjoy yourself. So back to your recovery thing. Yeah. For me, it's it is your talk consistent with your actions. Now, the next part of it is, is if you really want to make a transformation as bad as you say you do, you have to do all that other work. I don't care whether you like doing it or not it's part of what's going to make you better. Right. Okay. So if you find yourself hurt, if you find yourself tired, if you find yourself plateaued, if you find yourself stuck, the answer is always more recovery, not necessarily more training. Okay. So more sleep, more foam roller, more ice showers or, or ice baths, more sauna. You need to do more of that stuff. And I cannot stress how important it is. Right. I, I have a, um, a great admiration for how you've been able to, um, you, you talk, you touched on at the beginning of our conversation about how you've been able to incorporate your kids into exercise in such a positive way. And I, you know, I follow your son on Instagram and see him box jumping and deadlifting and all that stuff. It's like, it really is, uh, heartwarming and, and I, I, I'm inspired by it, you know, but you also um, are are someone who's so incredibly fit, and and I would imagine has a has it as like a piece of his lifestyle. You're married to someone who's incredibly fit, is a you know a really really fit woman. So for for people who are in families where that's not necessarily such a natural part of it, how, how can someone encourage and incorporate like a positive Good. view on 
on. Okay. So, so a really good mentality Mm -hmm. is just because something's been that way. Doesn't mean it has to be that way. Okay. You have the power to make a change tomorrow. The only thing that's stopping you is your brain and your preconceived notions. Sure. So you, you have a family, you have two kids, you don't know how you're going to get fit. Fitness isn't a part of your lifestyle. Why can't you make fitness a part of your lifestyle? Why do you have to be confined in this other box? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you can decide to bring your kids to the park and exercise tomorrow. That's a choice. You just have to get out of the mindset that exercise work. Right. It can be a part of your lifestyle and you can make it that way. You know, what's really interesting about Corona. What? Before when people did zoom meetings or had to do stuff from home, they couldn't have their kids in the room. They had to lock them in their bedrooms. They had to have a nanny over. They had to have a babysitter. They couldn't figure out how to work because it was unprofessional, man. Corona fixed every one of that because now there's professionals all over the world that are home with their kids. And it's like our podcast, little kids' voices all over professional meetings. People just got used to it. You're right. You're totally right. And I I think that's a positive thing. That's a, you're, you're totally I right. Too. I mean, I, I was talking to my attorney on Zoom and he's the most buttoned up, like super professional kind of white collar guy. And sure enough, his kid come, comes in the middle like, hey, daddy, blah, blah, blah. And, and it was just like kind of not a big deal for either of us. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it certainly wasn't for me. So now that's going to be the case going forward. Yeah. Why can't I have my kids around? Why can't I? So my point is just because something's always been a certain way doesn't mean it has to be that way going forward. Yeah. So if you're a person at home and you're having a hard time incorporating stuff into your life, just don't be stuck on what you were doing. Focus on what you can do to include people. So Instead of sitting on the couch with your wife, here's a, here's actually a great analogy for you. Okay. How much alone time do you spend with your spouse? Um, on average, I'd say like an hour and a day, an hour a day. Okay, so not a ton. I'd have a twenty three hour day, maybe an hour. Not that right. much, right? Right. So, do you think communication is important in a marriage? It's the most. I you think time away from TV or time away from a phone and genuine heartfelt communication is important? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Why don't you go for a 5K walk every day with your wife? Um, hold, her, hold her little hand. Ask her about her day. Tell her how much you love her. Do you think that would help your marriage or hurt your marriage? Uh, it, would be, it would be amazing for our marriage. Okay. It would be such a boost. Here's, here's the kicker. Yeah. If you walk five kilometers a day, you'll do 30, I think it's 39 marathons by the end of the year. Now, well, well, what, about a, what about a time like in, in during Corona? In, in normal life, I, I could absolutely do a 5K with my wife every single day. But with my daughter, but, but let me, with us 24 hours a day, yeah, yeah. seven days a week, it's, it does seem Yeah, different. yeah, but let me, how old's your daughter? Six. Can you put her in a wagon and walk her with you? Talk to her too? Yeah, I, I definitely could. That's how I take her to the beach sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying, though? So huh? you could walk 5K a day with your family. By the end of the year, you could accumulate like 38 marathons of, of work. It's a 45 to 50-minute walk of genuine no electronics communication family a day. Time. Yeah. It's helping your family and it's getting you fit. You will never be overweight. Here's the key. 
don't go ask your wife to go for a workout or go for a walk. Right. Like in the guise of exercise, because she ain't going to want to do it. No, let's tell her time together. Really, yeah. Hey, I really write this shit down. I really want to connect with you and focus on you for the next 50 minutes. Right. So let's go for a walk with no electronics. Want to connect with you? Yep. And focus on you for the next 50 minutes. So let's go for a walk away from electronics. On you. So you can have my undivided attention, which you deserve. 50 minutes. See how much easier that is to sell? If you tell her you want her to go for a walk for exercise, you're going to get a no. Yeah. If you say what I just told you to say, you will get a hell yes, and you will be walking every night. She might pass out from from euphoria if I said those from all the from all the cheesery. But do you understand what I'm saying? When you sell stuff as a workout, people don't want to do it. When you sell it as like a team building activity, people are all in. Yeah, and I don't. I certainly don't want to talk politics, but I think it's it's really important to bring up because what you just said, I I, has been my complaint about um, President Trump for. for four years now is that oftentimes it's not what he says. It's how he says it. Yep. That screws, that screws the pooch, you know, like if you were, if you were to roll it back and have him deliver that information in a completely different way in, in an, in an Obama esque way, most people probably be like, Oh, okay. Well, sounds like a some yeah, pretty reasonable idea. <laughs> it's the message is important. Here's another one with exercise. Hey, Mike, you want to go do intervals for an hour? Fuck no, I don't want to do that. Hey, do you want to go play soccer for an hour? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. The fuck? Because soccer's fun. It is. Or basketball. Basketball's fun. The minute I sell it as exercise, you don't want to do it anymore. Not you, but just people listening at home. Yeah. So if if your family's having a hard time exercising or getting on board, sell it in a different way. Sell it as play. Sell it as fun sell it as something else. Don't sell it as exercise. Getting, getting back to like how to make it fun or, or at least how to wrap your head around the fun. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think everything you're giving me is, is gold and it's, it's really, really useful and good advice, but doesn't there have to be not only with fitness and not only with, with kind of uh, your, your, your performance endeavors, but also just in life, there have to be certain kind of willingness to embrace discomfort and, and things that aren't quote unquote fun. I mean, I mean, yes, but that now becomes dependent on how good you want to get at what you're trying to get good at. Okay. So let's, let's do an example with, uh, with your radio show. Okay. Right. So if me and my son want to just pretend we're radio announcers and just be amateurs and, kind of record for ourselves using the voice memo feature on our phone and just talk. Do we really need to practice ever? No, no, no. Do we really need to worry about researching our guests? No. (laughs) Do we need to even have guests? Right. No, we're just playing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. If on the other hand, me and my son want to be the most successful radio hosts in the history of radio, I don't know who the bar for that is. It might be, I want to say it's Howard Stern, but it I'm not sure is, if that's yeah. true. It's gotta be. But we want to be Howard Stern. Well, now we got to go to a whole different length to like get to be that guy. Mm-hmm. You got to make a whole bunch of sacrifices to be him. Agreed? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you just want to feel a little better, 
look a little better, be a little healthier. You don't ever have to suffer. You don't ever have to push yourself. You don't ever have to really like cut yourself with a blade or drop yourself on a fire or go nuclear or put yourself in the pain cave or whatever, whatever the kids call hurting and working out anymore. Right. If you want to get better though, at a point you will have to do that. So it comes down to how good you want to be and how good you want to get. You, you at many times in your life have been the best of the best. You've been at, at the very, at the very least, in the top 0.001% of certain things. Like when you did decide that you were going to become the, the absolute maximum amazing, uh, you know, the standard for something, like when you broke the record with the uh, air dying, did you have to kind of have a conversation with your wife and your family and say like, okay, I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dig in a little bit and it might not, I might not be as available as I, I normally am. So I will say no, but it's because I learned that lesson at a much younger age. Okay. Here's, here's what happens when you get into relationships. You sell yourself unrealistically for the first three months right. and do shit that's not sustainable and that you're not willing to keep up. That's when you get yourself in trouble with yeah. your false advertising. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because, because what happens then is then when you want to get back into stuff, it's a big shock. And well, this is what this isn't what we agreed on. And this isn't what and this happened to me back in the day. I was, I was, I was dating a girl. And yeah, I missed a couple of fighting practices for her and 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 made some concessions. And guess what that became for the rest of our relationship? An expectation. Right. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. I learned from that. Never again. So then I got to the point where working out is what I do twice a day. I will never compromise on it. So you get that from the minute you meet me. So if you sign up for that, you know perfectly well what you're getting yourself into. I guess it, it circles back to that transparency we were talking about is like not only being, you know, making, having the courage to be honest with yourself, but then with others as well, you know, right, yeah. right from the start. So it's like, you know, with me, if you ask me to come on vacation, I'm going to want to work out every day. That's not a surprise. Right. I'm not asking you to like buy into something that you you didn't understand or you didn't, you know what I mean? I'm very forward about it. This is my life. This is what I do. This isn't going to change. Um, I, I have a, a, a real problem. Like a, it's a personal and specific one because I, I'm, I'm so fortunate and I really am, feel very grateful that people, strangers will reach out to me um, and ask me questions a lot of times about um, fitness or health or, or even just life. And um, people who are familiar with me, either from the radio or whatnot, they, they know that I'm, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict, and I'm in recovery. But uh, so when people reach out to me with questions about like, how do I balance partying? And, and, and even, even if it's just like, hey, I get home from work, I work hard, I want to kick back and knock back a couple beers. How do I do that with my diet? I'm really, really reluctant to try to give anybody any advice when it comes to things like drugs and alcohol or like peace of mind type relaxation stuff, because I don't want to be that guy who got sober and then tries to go around telling people not to drink. Yep. You as a guy who definitely is in incredible shape and has a, has everything, uh, you know, really in order in his life with relationships and things like that. You, you also like to, you love your burgers every once in a while and you love your, your, you love your beer every once in a while. Like 
what do you think is the best advice when it comes to managing just the quality of life with the sacrifices you have to make to get the results you want? Decide what you value more. Okay. That's what it comes down to. Now, now I, I like that you think I have everything in order. I'm a fucking disaster. I'm what the, I'm the, I'm the female equivalent of a hot mess. Right. I think this is like the term that people use, but I don't have everything in order, but the things I value, I have in order. So if you want to go drink two beverages a day, you want to have two beer a day or two whiskey and Cokes or whatever. Cool. Just don't complain how you have a bit of a gut. I don't want to hear it. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you want to do that, go nuts. I don't give a shit what you do. There's no judgment here, but you can't complain when you're not getting the results that you want. So I am just very, very blunt with people about what the cost is and what that behavior is going to lead to. No sugarcoating. Yeah. So Mike, you want to have a couple of drinks a day? Cool. But it's going to affect your sleep. It's going to affect your testosterone. It's going to limit your ability to get better at the gym. So take your pick. What do you want? Right. By the way, in terms of suffering, I am actually on a shredded up diet right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in a pretty big movie in October. It's filming in October. It won't come out till the summer. I have a pretty big part. I'm going to have some shirtless time. I'm going to have a couple of tremendous fight scenes. Could be a really big break for me. Right. I've also got a couple of really big photo shoots coming up. So I am on a full-on panic shred. I'm just trying to get as ripped as I can so that I can. I feel like there's a market. Do you know what Kroger is? The market, Kroger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the lower end grocery store. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a market out there for a Kroger Dwayne Johnson. And I feel like that could be me. So if you if you want somebody that's like less sexy, less of a good actor, less strong, but like for a fraction of the price, I think that could be like my niche. I, I can see it. A year from now, I'm gonna I'm not instead of talking to Maximus, I'm talking to the Kroger Rock. You know what I mean? Like someone's like, yeah, man, we, we we want a big, bald, strong, muscular guy, but the rock's like 40 million. Shit, we can get we can get Kroger Dwayne Johnson for like five hundred thousand. Yeah, fuck, sign him up. <laughs> that's a that's, I think that's a great thing to shoot for. I'm good. You know, I think, <laughs> I think there needs to be like, you know, like the prototypical bad guy on Netflix movies, the dude that's been in every single one of them that like we've seen in a million movies and makes a killing, but like no one really knows who he is. I think there's a market for Bobby Maximus, but uh, I have a, I have a personal friend. Um, you know, he's, he's actually a really similar guy to you. He was in the UFC early on kind of before the big kind of, you know, uh, Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor. Are you going to say Tate Fletcher? Tate Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good dude, but he's made a killing off it. He's in everything. He's that guy. I'm watching the Mandalorian and there he is. And then I'm watching this other show and there he is. And I'm watching John wick and there he is. I'm like, what the hell? I was like, I, he, I, I can't get over how many A-listers have killed Tate. You know, it's, it's really like a yeah, yeah, really yeah. a great career for him. So so the point is, I, I want to look good for this, and I want to knock it out of the park. You know right. what I mean? So now I got to make these sacrifices. I can't, I can't have my bourbon. I can't have my whiskey. I got to watch what I eat. But I'm not suffering because I'm also doing stuff I want to do. It's how you frame it. Mm-hmm. So there are periods in my life where I haven't had a drink for a year, not because I was trying to sober up, not because I was an alcoholic, not because I was on some kind of diet. You know why I didn't have a drink for a year? Because it meant something to you. No, because I didn't feel like it. Right. I just didn't 
I just didn't, it, it did nothing for me. You know what I mean? So why can't I do that now? Why does it all of a sudden have to be a sacrifice or a struggle? That's a mindset thing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Uh, do you know who Gordon Ramsay is? Of course, yeah. Famous chef, right? If we go to his, if we go to his restaurant, he's going to do tableside service for us. Would you ever actually ask him for Doritos? Fuck no. no. You're going to take advantage of what this man's going to cook you. He's like one of the greatest chefs alive. Like you're going to get the food. So why do you miss Doritos right now? That's a mindset thing. So I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I don't feel like I'm sacrificing. I'm still living life, eating stuff like shit. Last night I had a steak and chimichurri. I was not suffering. Sure. You know what I mean? So like why, why when I go to like a high-end Vegas restaurant, like a steak restaurant, and I have the tri-tip and chimichurri, why is that a treat? But when I had to have it last night, it's a sacrifice and I'm on a diet. That's completely between my ears. It is. It's uh, framing stuff is is so important, man. And it's like yeah, I've had such right? a hard time learning that lesson. But no, so it's just framing it as like what's fun and what's not fun. There's been times in my life I've been at the bar Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. There's been other times in my life I'd much rather have a girl over and watch a movie or have dinner with my friends or like hang out in the backyard on the deck and and and, and drink water and look at the stars or some shit like that. Like how I frame it is so important to my enjoyment and then my longevity doing the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I'll give you an example. Another reason why I'm successful in the gym. Okay. My two best friends, like, uh, in Salt Lake are, are a guy named Will Pace, Taekwondo guy, uh, Olympic level Taekwondo coaches, some of the best guys in the world. And another guy named Ronnie Price. Uh, Ronnie played in the NBA for like 12 years, played for the Lakers, uh, played for uh, Phoenix, played for Utah, just an awesome dude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could sit here and tell you my workout was hard this morning. I can tell you we crushed it. I can tell you I had to push hard, that I was breathing hard, that it was work, that blah, 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 blah. You know what it boiled down to? I hung out with my two best friends in the world. We listened to some kick-ass music. We talked some shit about the NBA playoffs, <laughs> talked some shit about our wives, talked some shit about each other. It was fun. Right. Framing it that way is so important. It is. It's it's a great way of looking at it. That's a that's a great example too. And I, I I'll I'll let you go, but I would love to leave it on. I can really see, and you've given such clarity to it with these great examples of how you can reframe things for yourself. When you have loved ones in your life, people that you really, really care about, and people who are willing to turn to you for advice, how do you help them reframe it without being an asshole? Man, uh, I think you have to change the definition of what an asshole is. Right. But I am really honest with people and I don't perpetuate negative self-talk. So I'm going to give you an example. Tell me, we'll do a little role playing. Say, man, I suck at deadlifts. I suck at deadlifts. And? And what else do I suck at? No, just and. I'm going to force you to examine what you just said. Well, I, I suck at deadlifts. So that, that the word and is very powerful. Okay. Because when you're like, when your wife comes up to you and she says, oh my God, I'm so fat. Just say and. 
What's your point? My it's wife like saying, it. what's your point? With, I know, but it's like saying, what's your point without saying, what's your point? Right. Do you know what I mean? And force somebody to finish that sentence. That's one way I do it. The next way is tell me that, that, that you suck at your deadlift or that you feel fat or whatever it is. Then I say, must be terrible to feel that way. I've been empathetic. I'm not being mean. Mm -hmm. I'm forcing you to examine how you feel because people get in this cycle where they, they use negative self-talk as a way to get positive reinforcement. So you call, you call me up and you say, man, I'm fat. I'm gross. I don't look good. I don't feel good. And then I turn around and do what everyone else on this planet does. Oh, Mikey, that's not true. You're fabulous. You look great. You've been working so hard. You know what I've done? Just positively reinforced a really shitty behavior. Right. So you're going to do that again and again and again and again and again. So I just tell the truth. If you, you tell me you suck at something, I say, and, and I force you to finish the sentence. I say, wow, must be terrible to feel that way. And it forces you to examine what you're saying. If you tell me, man, I hate going to the gym. Why do you go to the gym then? And it forces you to either double down or address why you're negative self-talking yourself. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's, that's incredibly powerful. And so I'm just very straightforward with people. Yeah. I don't be mean. I don't be rude. I don't call you an idiot. I don't tell you how you feel because that's going to make you defensive. I just give you an empathetic statement that forces you to think back. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you, as you're saying it, it, it's, it's, it's hitting me with such impact because like towards the end of my, my you drinking and using, you know, it was the, the really close friends, the guys I'm still really close with now, it was them doing that, which kind of gave, forced me to get in touch with what was going on and, and confront things, you know, and, and actually take action. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like when you're always complaining about your girlfriend. Yeah. Think back to like when you were dating and, and you had a buddy that constantly complained about his girlfriend. Why are you dating her then? Exactly. Or tell me some good things about her because obviously something works for you. Right. You've just listed off 10 negatives. Can you tell me anything positive? If you can't tell me anything positive, then seriously, why is she in your life? Especially yeah, if you're or, not even married. Or, or why are you talking to me about this? Yeah. Like, hey, you, you know, your wife comes in because she's always complaining about a friend. Hey, babe, this is the eighth time you've complained about a really shitty behavior your friend has had. Why are you still friends with her? Right. Like, I just don't. I don't allow myself to become a sounding board for other people's negativity when it facilitates bad behavior on their part. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the single biggest thing I do is just, you don't have to be mean. You just have to be straightforward. And, and, and to circle back, the reason I said it depends on your definition of being an asshole, being honest, isn't being an asshole. Now there's a way you deliver it. So back to your guy, yeah. Donald Trump, there's a way you deliver it that makes you an asshole. Sure. The message can be delivered in a much better way. But telling the truth does not make you an asshole or does not make you a jerk. It's great stuff, man. 
I really appreciate it. Thank you for checking in with me once again. Um, BobbyMaximus.com is the official website. Uh, at BobbyMaximus on Instagram is where you should go to get in touch with everything going on in his world, especially these amazing shirtless pics as he gets ripped for his upcoming uh, breakthrough movie role. Yep. And yep. Uh, The you're, Maximus you're... Body is the book where I am taking the 12-week program from and uh, from. highly recommend it. Okay. Do me a favor before you go. This is your homework. Okay. I want you to make me two lists. Two lists. One list is going to be your five favorite exercises. Okay. The five things you love to do the most. The next, I want you to think about the last six weeks and your five favorite workouts. Done. That's your list to put together. Because I, I don't want to treat this as a 12-week thing. We want to start building the foundation of something that's maintainable for the rest of your life. Okay. There's no reason you can't always maintain or grow the level of fitness you have now. So let's start planning on that before we get to the end of the 12 weeks. And then all of a sudden it's now what? We need to know what now what looks like before we get to now what? Boom. There you go. That man speaks with authority. Um, the book is The Maximus Body. If you've listened to this podcast, if you've listened to other podcasts I've done with Bobby, if you're familiar with him at all, you know that you're going to get a lot more out of the book than you than just sets and reps. Um, I'm getting a lot more out of the book Maximus Body Program than just fitness. Believe me. Um, at Bobby Maximus on Instagram and BobbyMaximus.com is the website. And as always, people, remember one thing. In this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.